Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Remind you again, uh, you have prayer cards at your seat. If you will begin to pray now, begin to reach out, plan for the heaven's gates and hell's flame. We're going to see a lot of people saved in that, and God's going to help us. Then uh, we do want to announce this morning that uh, Brian and Angie Ronfeld are coming back into the Beachburg congregation for a time of re- uh, refreshing, uh, reorientation, and John and Cole Perry uh, will be going down, uh, and that's going to take place next Sunday. Uh, they're announcing this week. Brian and Angie Ronfeld coming into Beachboro, and uh, uh, John and Carol Cole Perry going into pasture uh, in the Bunbury congregation. Genesis chapter 32, if you have uh, your Bible there. One of the things that you uh, have to understand as a believer and as a disciple, a follower of Jesus, is that the Bible reveals very clear that life does not immediately compute out. One of the things that, uh, that puzzles us is we, uh, we want uh, wrongs righted immediately. Can you say amen? We want to sow, we want to reap the next day. We uh, go through this, uh, uh, this sense that, that uh, God ought to move and he ought to fulfill all the promises that he's given unto us and he ought to do it now. And we don't want any uh, delay. However, life doesn't immediately cu- uh, compute out. Uh, people who have wrong attitudes, people who do wrong things, uh, things do not immediately begin to be judged uh, and the consequences or the reaping of our lives do not immediately take place. Uh, but there is a time when in living in a moral universe, that means that God is moving towards uh, and he constantly is at work to bring uh, a moral dimension according to his will and according to his purpose. However, you need to understand that sooner or later, Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. However, you need to understand that at some point in life, we're going to be alone with God. We're reading about a man this morning. His name is Jacob. And we see this man in the processes of life uh, comes a time when he must be alone with God. I want one verse of this, verse 27 of Genesis uh, uh, 32. Uh, so he said to him, he's, uh, he's wrestling with an angel. He said to him, what is your name? And he said, uh, Jacob. Now here's a man that God has summoned him back to his destiny. When he went up into present day Turkey or Haran, the city of Haran, where his uh, uncle Laban is, uh, God visited him, gave him a promise that I'm going to bring you back to this land. Now he's on his way back uh, 
And as he's on his way back, he has to have a meeting with God alone. And God is bringing him face to face with who he, will, who he is. What is your name? God says to him, and he says, my name is Jacob. I want to talk to you about when the bills of life come due this morning. First of all, I want to consider with you the pursuit of identity. Every one of us, we have a compulsion in us for identity. We want to discover who we are in life. If you have teenagers, at the age of 13, you notice a profound change in teenagers, and you think they've become demon-possessed. They're not. They are going through a normal process of life. You say, you don't know my teenager. Well, uh, listen to me for a moment. A normal process of life is suddenly as they reach that age, they begin to search out and see to establish an identity who they are. They go through various kinds of processes. They begin to push against every boundary. You tell them to come in at 930, they come in deliberately at 10 o'clock. They want to see what the boundary is. Uh, you tell them not to do that, they, they begin to push against that. This has to do with identity. Uh, I was thinking last night as we were on our way back from Ellenbrook, uh, I saw some graffiti somewhere along the way. And graffiti is painted with teenagers, that, I hope it's teenagers, teenagers uh, who are trying to establish who they are. And they've got their logo, they've got their certain sign. Back in my generation, it was Kilroy is here. Well, nobody even knows who Kilroy is anymore, so I don't, I don't have to belabor that. But we all have these drives within us. We want to establish what our identity is. And people wear certain kinds of clothes. They want to wear Nike shoes. They want Adis t-shirt. They want Tommy Helfiger clothing. They want to, and all of that is about a brand name cult. They want to establish who they are. Listen, I'm not a slob, but I identify. I've got this. I'm with it. I'm a part of the Tommy Helfiger Club, or I'm a part of the uh, Adis Club, or I'm a part of the uh, uh, Air Jordan uh, crowd. So this is, a part, uh, this is a part of our dimension that all of us go through. We want to establish our identity. Uh, people build buildings. They establish monuments. The Bible tells us about Absalom. Absalom had no children, the Bible says, no sons to uh, pass on his heritage. And so he built a pillar so that he would re- be remembered. And, it's a, uh, and, and the Bible says that it was a, uh, still existent in that day. And it's called Absalom's uh, Pillar. So as we begin to think about this for a moment, this is a part of human personality. Uh, and each one of us uh, have a drive to establish who we are and to identify. And Genesis 49 verse 11 says their inner thought uh, is that their houses will last forever. Their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands uh, after their own names. Now, here's a classic case uh, of someone who's trying to establish uh, their identity. Here, as uh, Jacob is there, the angel of God is resting with him. He cannot have his destiny until he meets alone with God, and neither can you. What is your name? And Jacob says, uh, my name uh, is uh, Jacob. Listen to the amplified translation of this very interesting The man asked him, what is your name? 
And in shock of realization, whispering, he said, Jacob, supplanter, schemer, trickster, uh, swindler. Now, this man's whole life uh, was an attempt to establish his own destiny. You know the story? Uh, He wants not his destiny, not his identity. He wants Esau's identity. Esau's coming back from the field. I think I elaborated on this recently. He's uh, 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 desperately hungry. Jacob uh, 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 has a plot. He meets him. He's cooking this delicious stew. And, uh, and Esau comes back and he said, give me some of that. And Jacob said, absolutely not. Uh, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I will trade a bowl of this uh, for your birthright. He does not want his birthright. He wants Esau's birthright. Not only that, but there comes a time when it's due, uh, due for uh, the father to bless uh, and uh, he's going to bless uh, Esau, sends him out to get some of this uh, mincemeat that he loves. Uh, and as he goes out, uh, uh, a plot's co- cooked up by Mama and Jacob. He goes in and he does not want his blessing. He wants Esau's blessing. Now think about that for a moment, uh, because here is a drive and a compulsion and, uh, uh, and a, a, uh, a desire that is manifest in these two things. Uh, and you sitting here this morning, uh, you have within you an, a, a, a compulsion to establish your identity. Uh, and this is especially true uh, in spiritual uh, dynamics. Genesis 27. Verse 36, Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he's taken away my blessing. You see, your name this morning is who you are. And we're going beyond that for a moment in a few dimensions, if we could, because your name really reveals something many times about you. And sometimes not just your given name, but what you really are inside. I was very interested in women's liberation. Women's liberation is very strong. How many women... Uh, today who have been uh, uh, invaded by women's liberation and they don't want to drop their maiden name when they get married. They want to retain that uh, and uh, they kind of put their uh, husband's name in there somewhere. Uh, How many of you ever heard of Hillary Rodham Clinton? See, what's this all about? You know, uh, when I married my wife, uh, Nelda Henderson became Nelda Mitchell. I felt good about that. If she wanted to retain her own maiden name, I'd say, well, you know, what's with this chick anyway? You know, she's she, she not happy to be a Mitchell? You know, what is that? There's an air of suspicion that kind of, and if you're a woman's liver this morning, stay with me. We'll come out of this okay before we get through here. But it's very interesting because what that is, is an establishing of identity. And this is very crucial Because the establishing of identity is a major compulsion in the human personality. The Bible tells us about the Tower of Babel. And in the Tower of Babel, the Bible says they all got together and they began to build this tower. And it says very specifically that one of the reasons they did this uh, is uh, so that they could make a name for themselves. Now, when God met with uh, Abraham in Genesis 12... 
One of the things he said to him, I'm going to bless you. Genesis 12, 2, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'll bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Or in other words, God said to Abraham, I'm going to establish your identity. And this morning as believers sitting in this building, all of us need to be very sure that we're letting God establish our identity in a spiritual dimension. And this is very important. So let's go back to Jacob for a moment. Here God visits him uh, 20 plus years since he's gone into Haran, calls him back to his destiny, which he's promised him. Uh, but he says to him, uh, you cannot have your destiny uh, until, first of all, uh, I meet with you uh, and uh, you come to a realization of who you really are in a moral and a spiritual dimension. Sometimes life uh, conspires against us uh, and forces us into an identity which we accept. The Bible says in the book of Ruth, uh, here is a uh, interesting woman. Her name is uh, uh, Naomi. She and her husband moved to the land of Moab. And uh, as uh, Elimelech, uh, her husband and her, there with the two sons, uh, Melion and Chilion, uh, they have married Moabite women, uh, but uh, disaster strikes this family. Uh, Elimelech, uh, the husband, dies, uh, and then the two sons die, and uh, finally, Naomi comes back to the land of Israel, the city of Bethlehem, which is her hometown, uh, and as she returns back, uh, they say, Naomi, it's so good to see you back. And this woman said, don't call me Naomi anymore. That name means pleasant. But you call me Mara, bitter. I'm mad at God. So there are people sitting in this building this morning, you're mad at God. The reason you're mad at God is that you feel that uh, somehow life has dealt you a bad hand uh, and somehow the events of life has conspired against you. uh, And uh, as you're sitting there, the events of life have evolved uh, and they have begun to crush in upon you and you've accepted an identity in your spirit and in your heart uh, that God did not give you uh, and he wants to change that uh, this morning. Now think with me for a moment. There's a statement that's made, uh, I read it somewhere last week uh, that uh, speaks to the issue. It's called the powers that be. And when that term is used, it's talking about the events of life. It's talking about spiritual dynamics. It's talking about spiritual entities. uh, And there are many unseen factors uh, that play into establishing uh, what your identity is. Someone gave me a, a very interesting article. And I appreciate folk who feed. I don't know who you are. God bless you. But it fits right in with my sermon here. And so I want to read this. So uh, the article's headline, So what's wrong with Bruce? It has nothing to do with Bruce Sherburn. Okay. <laughs> An Italian court has decided that Friday is a perfectly good name for a day of the week, but for kids, not so much. The judge refused to let the parents name their son Dinerdi, which in Italian means Friday, saying the ridiculous name would make the boy's life miserable. And here are some other interesting monikers or names. In New Zealand, a nine-year-old went to court to have her name changed. Her new one wasn't released, but her old moniker was, it's Tallulah does the hula from Hawaii. Can you imagine a parent 
naming some poor child Tallulah, who does the hula from Hawaii, Jones or whatever their name would be. You still with me? Then the judge also voiced concern over some other names given to New Zealand children, such as violence. Midnight Chardonnay and number 16 bus shelter. (laughs) A set of twins was named Benson and Hedges. (laughs) And then this takes a cake. George Garrett uh, decided his name was a tad ho-hum. So the 19-year-old Brit changed it to the far less stayed Captain Fantastic, Faster Than Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Wolverine, the Hulk. What is that all about? Well, what it's all about is establishing identity. How many of you ever heard the song, A Boy Named Sue? All right, there's a few people still my age here. And so that's a very interesting little song. Uh, And that little song, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to mourn me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Uh, Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid. But the meanest thing he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. The song goes on with the dialogue that's there. And uh, this speaks to the issue because we are many times what we're named and especially uh, the name that's given to us and sometimes the tag uh, that is laid upon us. How many of you ever heard uh, this little riddle? Fatty, fatty, two by four, couldn't get in the kitchen door. Anybody ever heard that? <laughs> that's a child assault on some poor fellow that's eating too much. It's in sixth grade. To make him feel miserable about how he looks. Oh, four eyes. Ever hear of that? A child that has to get glasses uh, in school. Uh, Society is cruel. But the reason I say that is these are not just innocent uh, passing dynamics. They're dynamics in in the world. uh, And these dynamics play out. I want to ponder a few of these as we consider this man, uh, Jacob. Uh, uh, Don Rollinson gave me a very interesting insight. Uh, Someone gave a devotion, if I understand correctly, at his school. And in that devotion, this lady mentioned that uh, I believe she was uh, having an ultrasound of a child. And as the doctor came in, he saw uh, uh, one of her children sitting in a corner reading a book. And uh, and, uh, he said, what's that child's name? And uh, the mother said, Anne. And he said, this child is going to be a have a personality, a studious personality, because that's what the name means. Then he asked uh, what the other uh, girl's uh, name was. Another girl was there who was pulling plugs and exploring everything and, and uh, just filled with life. And said, what's that, uh, that child's name? Said, Sophie. Said, yes. She fits the personality because this child is going to be a, a child that fits that personality. And so uh, uh, he inquired about these girls. Uh, and it's very interesting. Anne was a studious one. Sophie was the mischievous one. And Camille, uh, the last one, was a strong athletic one. And, uh, and uh, she gave him the insight uh, that in France, from uh, apparently some relationship is there, that uh, you cannot name a child just any name you want to call it. You have to have a proper name that's in a published list of names uh, because they cannot be given uh, uh, just uh, any kind uh, of name. Now, 
this uh, computed out because this lady, as she answered back his query, she said this, this interesting statement. She said, I wonder if it was they who fit the names or was it the names that fit them? Now, that brings us to a pondering of the powers that be. There's a mystic element that I want to touch on, which is very sobering. There's a prophetic and a spiritual dimension as we consider this man, Jacob. Genesis chapter 25, 23. His mother is pregnant with twins. One of these is Jacob. One of these is Esau. And these children are struggling in the womb. And she inquires of God about this. And God speaks and said, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Now, when these children were born, uh, Esau was born first, but as he was born, uh, he came out, and uh, Jacob's hand was grasping him by the heel, uh, and the mother named him then Jacob, or schemer, or heel grabber, or tripper, and this is what the name Jacob means. Uh, and now we have to ponder for a moment. Uh, is this just destiny that came to pass? Uh, or was this God prophesying of the future of these people because of events were there? Or did the name that was given to Jacob play into the character and he had to live uh, with that name? Think with me for a moment uh, because... Uh, what we're dealing with is a profound spiritual dimension and social dynamic. And some of you are sitting here this morning and identity is a major issue with you. Let's think about the demoniac of the Gadarenes. The demoniac of the Gadarenes, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said through a demon voice, legion, for we are many. Satan had stolen this man's identity. This man, regardless of what his real name was, something had happened to him in the events of life. Uh, the devil had gained dominion over this man's life, uh, and we find him a total loss to society. Uh, he's cutting himself. He's living in the caves. He wails like an animal. He's a total loss to society, uh, and uh, the devil had stolen this man's identity. There are people here this morning that the devil has stolen uh, your, uh, your identity. This brings me to a pondering of inherited curses. Uh, if you're a student of the Bible, you'll, uh, you'll recognize that there are curses uh, that are inherited. If you are one of the men, I'm going to do a, a men's uh, discipleship next Saturday on curses. Uh, you won't want to miss that. But it's an interesting thing because curses... Uh, are a spiritual dynamic that convey a spiritual DNA to human beings that begin to play out in their lives. For instance, a child that is born illegitimately, was conceived before the parents were married, that child is an illegitimate child. And Deuteronomy 23 verse 2 says a spiritual dynamic has been released. No illegitimate child will enter the congregation of the Lord to the 10th generation. Now stay with me because I'm going to get you out of this before we get through. 
However, there's a spiritual dynamic uh, that is there. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 and 5 says uh, uh, that you will not have any other gods before me. I'm a jealous God, uh, and there's going to be a curse if you disobey. That curse uh, to idolatrous is going to play out to the, to the third uh, and the fourth generation, uh, and I have seen that play out. In doing crusades, I do a lot of crusades, uh, I discovered uh, that quite frequently when parents bring a child to the platform to be prayed for, and that child has been deaf from birth uh, in one ear, uh, that generally that child was conceived uh, illegitimately, and I've seen scores of them instantly healed as the curse was broken uh, and the ear opened for the first time uh, that they could hear uh, in uh, Malaysia, I discovered in Malaysia and praying for people there that when Chinese children are, are born, the parents take them to a Buddhist priest uh, and that Buddhist priest uh, gives them a demonic name and many of those children are deaf in both ears uh, as a result uh, of that curse uh, that comes upon them because it's a de- demonic curse. So here we, without elaborating on the, here's a sobering dimension. Let me ponder with you this, uh, this statement. Does a name this morning in days uh, to come of a person's life in ways that we don't understand? Is there a dynamic uh, that triggers a compulsion uh, that affects the personality uh, and the conduct? I'm talking this morning about the bills uh, of life coming due. Here's Jacob He has lived now for 20 plus years in Haran up in present day Turkey. God calls him back to his destiny, which is in the promised land, uh, meets with him. An angel of God meets with him. Uh, You cannot enter your destiny until you're alone with me and I brought you face to face uh, with who you are. And every single person sitting in this building, you cannot uh, have your destiny until you are brought face to face uh, with who you are. In the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, there is a man conceived and born. His name is Jabez. Listen to this text uh, as we read it. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, or child of sorrow, saying, because I bore him in sorrow. Now, let's, let's think about that as we Remember the song, A Boy Named Sue. Here's a child, and uh, 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 probably his mother's not happy that this child has been conceived. Uh, And so as a result of that, she hangs this name upon him, Child of sorrow or old sorry. Now, can you imagine growing up in life uh, and uh, you're uh, you're circulating with these same creatures that uh, uh, created the song "Fatty, Fatty, Fatty, Two by Four Can't Get in the Kitchen Door" and "Old Four Eyes." And here's your name. It's old sorry, <laughs> old sorry, sorry you were ever born. Can you imagine the social dynamic now that's going to play out in the mind? And in the spirit of that boy named Jabez, he's called a child of sorrows. Uh, can you imagine the rejection and the spirit of rejection? Because this is a very powerful dimension that grabs hold of many people. We have another one in Judges chapter 11. His name is Jephthah. And the Bible says these interesting words uh, about Jephthah. Now, Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah. 
Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. I was, I was pondering that I was thinking about the fatherless generation that we have. We have multitudes of children that are fathered by men who will not take the responsibility uh, and they're fatherless uh, and our prisons are filled with them uh, and sociologists tell us that uh, drug addiction, drug dealers, crime uh, follows these because something's missing uh, in the dynamic uh, that ought to play out in their life uh, and it begins to play out uh, in powerful ways. In Nigeria, this is one of many nations. Many nations have the conviction that if you name a child, that name begins to, in ways that we do not understand, begin to play out and exert an influence from the powers that be that will shape that child's life. And we have an assistant pastor in Walthamstow, England, named Success Adeshida. Well, that's better than being named, I'm sorry you ever born. Can you say amen? But it's interesting. They named them uh, uh, Prosperity. They named them Beautiful. Uh, I bought a car one time from a salesman whose name was Sunday. He was a Nigerian. And so here you have this powerful dynamic, and they believe uh, that naming these children looses uh, a dynamic uh, that begins to play out upon them and has a powerful dimension. It was Zechariah who, in the book of Luke, was ministering in the temple in his normal course as a priest, who the angel of God visited him and said, Zechariah, your prayers are going to be heard, and your wife Elizabeth is going to bear a child, and you're going to bear, call his name John. Now, as the time gone on and he, uh, he hears this, he said, well, how am I going to know this? And the angel of the Lord said, this is how you're going to know it's stupid. You're never going to utter another voice, uh, word with your mouth. You're going to be mute until you name him John. That's how you're going to know. Time goes on. The child is born. When the child is born, it's coming time to name the child. And uh, they, they, uh, they come and said, uh, 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 it's made known. His name is going to be John. And uh, they said, you can't name him John. There's none of, you, none of our family named John. You can't name him that. Uh, and uh, Zechariah takes a piece of paper and writes, his name shall be called John. And the minute he obeyed, uh, his mouth is opened. You say, well, no, what's all, all that about? Well, names are important. They're important in the, in the natural realm, but they're powerfully important uh, in the spiritual dimension. Uh, and here we have a man, uh, his name uh, is Jacob, uh, heel grabber or, uh, uh, or uh, a supplanter or deceiver. He cannot have what God has for him until he's brought face to face with who he is. Now, stay with me for a moment. I want to talk to you about the God factor. And there's a sobering reality uh, that is at work here. Not just the name, but the forces uh, that are at work uh, that are connected with that name. Each of you sitting here, you have a natural name. I have no doubt about that. But there are also spiritual forces sometimes connected with the name uh, 
uh, that sociologists have established. In other words, they know that if you are the child in an alcoholic family, uh, that, uh, that there are dynamics at work uh, that sometimes even involve the DNA, that you have a, uh, a uh, bias uh, or you have a tendency that will make you an alcoholic. They also have found out that if you come from a family and you were abused as a child, uh, sexually abused and molested, uh, there's a very good chance uh, that unless something intervenes that you will be an abuser, a sexual molester, uh, and they've discovered these things because there's more involved than just simply uh, 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 heredity. Uh, there are social dynamics uh, that are involved. Lewis Oliver is a pastor that pastors one of our churches in Reno, Nevada. He was saved when Tom Paine was pioneering in Las Vegas, Nevada. Lewis Oliver never had met his father. He was born and he was deserted, never, never ever met his father. But in the process of years, he was saved in the Las Vegas church and wanted to pursue and find out who his father was. He tracked him down. And as he tracked him down, he knocked on a door one day. And as he knocked on that door where it had been told that his father, his real father lived, this man came to the door. And as Lewis looked into his face, he saw an older version of himself. He stunned this man could be a twin. Lewis Oliver was a professional gambler before he was saved. This man was a professional gambler. Now he, he didn't raise him. There's no connection of any kind. He visits with him and he's absolutely stunned uh, as the voice inflections, uh, as the gestures, uh, as the entire personality is there. Uh, he's looking and he's stunned uh, that he's looking at an older version of himself. Because there is a dynamic that's in the genes, it's in the DNA that is beyond the relationships of environment. And here it is, both in blessing and in cursing. Now, I want to bring you the good news because we have a God factor. And the God factor is that a name change in God is absolutely possible this morning. He wrestles with the angel of God. What is your name? My name is Jacob, supplanter. I'm a deceiver. That's what he wanted to have him speak out because he's brought face to face. And as he spoke that, he said these words to him. Your name is no longer going to be called Jacob, but you're going to be called Israel for you have power with God and you have power with man, and his name is changed spiritually. His character is changed, and in the Bible, there's a wonderful hope. Listen to First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10 again, especially verse 10. She bore this child. She called him child of sorrow. I'm sorry you were ever born. But verse 10 says that Jabez refused to let that define his destiny. And verse 10 says these words, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil and that I might not cause pain. So God granted him 
what he requested. He broke the curse that is upon his life because he laid hold of God and the God factor began to kick in in his character. We have the story of Jephthah. The story of Jephthah is that in the process of time, though he was cast out by his brethren, they beckoned him back and he became the leader. He became the captain of their forces and he brought deliverance to the children of God. The curse this morning has been broken by Jesus Christ hanging on Calvary's tree for you. Listen to Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Here's a wonderful promise this morning, and that promise is that any curse in your life, whether this has evolved from the events of life, whether the social dynamics have been shaping your personality and your character, or whether there has been a, a demonic force that has been released through ancestry, the good news is uh, that Jesus Christ will break that curse uh, in a moment of time uh, and bring about a miracle transformation uh, in your personality uh, and in your being. One last illustration is a man named Peter. I think I mentioned this uh, last week. Here's Peter. And uh, this man, Peter, it literally means a stone or a small stone. But Jesus Christ... uh, lays hold of this man's life. And as Jesus Christ lays hold of this man, this man is impetuous. He's always shooting off his mouth. This man is, uh, is, is uh, jumping into uh, uh, conclusions. Uh, and uh, he's, he's an emotional roller coaster. He's a, an unstable character. But Jesus speaks to this man in Matthew 16, verse 18. And he says, I also say to you, Peter, that you're Peter. That small rock. And on this rock, he has just made a confession. And that confession is, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, on that confession, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell is not going to prevail against it. And something was imparted to, people's, uh, to Peter's life in the process of time. This man became immovable. Jesus was saying to him, uh, uh, that's what you are, Peter, but I'm going to make you. This is what you're going to be in the process of time. Uh, Peter became, uh, through Jesus Christ, that immovable stone. uh, And the Bible, uh, or history rather, reveals to us uh, that when he was uh, crucified uh, for for his uh, obedience to Jesus Christ in preaching the gospel, he insisted that he would not be crucified uh, right side up like his Savior was, but he be crucified uh, upside down. You know the story. They're in, uh, they're, in the, uh, uh, they're in the company of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus uh, speaks to John about his destiny. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Peter says, uh, what about me, Lord? And he said, that's none of your business, Peter. Uh, you are going to be what I want you to be. Uh, because he had spoken to him uh, and he released a factor of prophecy. He said, this is what you're going to be. This evening, or this morning rather, as you're seated in this building, there is a dynamic that uh, God is at work. Uh, and the scripture talks in Revelation two different times about a new name that God will give uh, to those who are believers and who follow him. Uh, 
And that's a glorious promise of Scripture. You see, the bills of life do come due. You may be sitting here this morning and uh, the events of life have evolved to uh, construe and strip you. Maybe demonic forces have laid hold of your personality and you need a deliverance this morning. Maybe you're, you're not right with God and uh, the besmirching of uh, sin has laid hold of you. I want to tell you this morning, you can be a different person when you leave this building. Uh, don't wait for the bills of life to come due because they do come due. And now today, uh, you can have your destiny and get right with God. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. No one's moving around for a moment. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.